Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I believe in the efficacy of prayer. Zacharias and the rest, they were praying consistently. Why? Because when the generation called Adam generation conceived it, they were the generation that were to grow it because they knew that there is a Lucifer, there is a devil, there is a Satan, there is a bosom somewhere that is going to what? Refuse the prophecy from coming to pass. And some of us, the battle we are fighting is not because God hasn't spoken, no. it's because the devil doesn't want the things to happen. And anytime the heat goes up, know that God is about to release something. Why do we have so many opposition? That is because the enemy doesn't want the prophecy to manifest. But Galatians 4 4. Galatians 4 4. When the fullness of time came, paraphrase, God sent his son made up of a woman and gave birth. So you see, there is always a fullness of time for every prophetic word to happen. And so when Jesus was born at that point, I want to pick it up from here. When Jesus was born at that time, Jesus himself was confronted by many things, challenges of life. In fact, places that he went to, people deny him as a son of God. People did not welcome him. His own society didn't welcome him. John chapter 1 and the verse number 10 and 11, the Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. That's the verse number 11, his own receiving of. So Jesus himself was rejected, yet he was the promised Messiah, but he was rejected by his own people. And thank God for verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the sons and daughters of God. So Jesus Christ, in the face of the opposition, he has to come to a place that he will have the number one witness within himself. So here, we read in the scripture, and we see that the first witness every life changer must have is the witness within yourself. The witness within yourself that I am sent by God and from God to change life. And if you don't have that witness within yourself, others will derail you. Others will mislead you. Others will take you from the course of your life. Listen to me. If you don't know you are caught, you are in trouble. You must know you are called. You must have that witness within yourself. And Jesus had that witness within himself. He says, if I bear witness of myself alone, then my witness is not true. But the truth is that he bore witness of himself. Are you sure? Yeah, are you sure that God has sent you? Are you sure that you're on a mission? Are you sure that there's a prophecy on your life? Are you sure there's a destiny on your life? Are you sure you are not just a number in the computer adding up to the population of the country you live in? Are you sure you are not just increasing the numbers of homo sapiens on the globe? Are you sure there's an assignment on you? Are you sure you are a unique individual in this world to change this world and make this world look better? You have to come to that place that the inner conviction is there. The witness is inside there. I may not be like you. You may not be like me. I may not speak like you. You may not speak like me. Yet I have something to contribute to society. I am unique in my way and you are unique in your way. You have to come to that place where you know within yourself that you are sent to be a life changer. Listen to me. You have joined this church because God knows you have something to contribute 
you have joined this church because god knows this is the good place for you and you must have that inner witness for the bible says even in our born again process the bible says that and the spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of god number one you must have an inner witness i call it the conviction and that conviction must be into the intoto it must be firm it must be an inner 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 disposition of you the believer knowing that i am sent here to bring about a change in people's life it has to be something you believe you must believe it listen because this world there are a lot of deceiving somebody would deceive you because you don't know what the truth is when you go to the bank when you go to the bank you know why when you are carrying fake money and you go to the bank they will detect it and arrest you it is simple the bankers and the cashiers they are not trained to detect fake money they are not trained nobody spent time training them to look for the defect i sat with the banker and i began to ask questions how do you people get to know this is fake and this is not he said they only train us to know the original so we are trained so well that we are so conversant with the original that when we touch the fake we feel it i said why she said to me the fake come from various nations some from my country you know my country mm -hmm. you don't mention their name mm. some from there some from asia some from other places and when they come together and we decide that we are learning how oh god have mercy to detect fake we learn the fake money that is coming from ukraine and then later we only know to detect fake money from ukraine and if it comes from my country far west from where i'm standing what will happen is that we will not find it we will not so what am i saying we are so convinced we know the truth about ourselves that we are sanctified set apart for the master's work we are convinced that the calling on our life is to make sure that other life tastes the life we have tasted we are convicted that god is depending on us to reach the masses in and around us we are convicted that the church in which we are we are responsible for its growth not the pastor we are convinced that if people's life are going to look better it depends on us and not the pastor listen to me it is a witness you must have inside you otherwise others will deceive you they'll deceive you they will tell you that where you are you're in the wrong place you are following the wrong person you are believing the wrong doctrine but i want you to know tonight if you have an inner witness within you you will know the truth and the truth will set you free you will not be deceived and your life in this will change and you will become a life changer as a result of that jesus when they say he was a devil he didn't mind them because he know by within himself the witness is there he says that is what you say that is what you say even john the baptist knew had a witness that he's supposed to be a john the baptist so when they went to him he said are you the christ he refused he said i'm not i am not but some of you when they come to you and they tell you things you say i am john the baptist rejected that you will come to the place where you have an inner witness i'm a life changer i am not accepting any foreign information 
I am not working with any information that is coming from a foreign land. Because for those of us who are inside, we know our insider language. Because our voice, I beg your pardon, our shepherd will hear what? Our voice. And our sheep will hear the voice of that shepherd. Vice versa. Say number one witness. Say number one witness is within myself. Have this self-witness within you. Number two. He said, there is another that bared witness of me. Verse number 32. There is another that bared witness of me. And I know that the witness which he buried of me is true. Are you understanding me? You have sent to John. And he has borne witness to the truth. So it's good to have a personal witness and conviction. That is because confidence in what you do gives you an edge. That is why a thief is able to steal successfully. Because he's very confident within himself. He knows he can steal. He has a disposition that gives him the edge that this thing will succeed. And in most cases, they succeed. Haven't you seen in political elections, somebody even who can spell his name can win the election? Because he's so courageous, he can tell you things that your mind even can't understand, and yet you vote for him. Because when you look at the charisma, the way he's jumping behind the, the platform there, and the things he's saying, and all the kind of acrobatic display and telepathic display he made up there, so wow, this is a good person, we must vote for him. Self-confidence is respecting everybody and not looking down on yourself. And you must have it if you are going to be a life changer. You know what? People cannot suppress you and oppress you and downpress you. You know why? Because you are confident. I am telling you, you can sing simple song, but the confidence with which you sing it, everybody will applaud you. I have a hand. Say confidence. I must have that conviction within me. I call this thing inner self-motivation. I am motivated by some truth I know. And therefore, it becomes my engine that propels me to go forward in the face of every opposition. And as I join the church, my conviction is what I follow. How you understanding me? Number two, you need a John the Baptist to bear witness of you. If you are the only one, Jesus said it's not enough. You need a John the Baptist. How many of you have a John the Baptist to bear witness of you? Huh. John the Baptist. Who is your John the Baptist? You need a John the Baptist to bear witness of you. And the Bible says something about the John the Baptist that I like. He and Jesus, their relationship is awesome. I love the relationship between the two of them. In the book of Luke chapter number 3. Luke chapter 3. The Bible says in the verse number 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens opened. And the Holy Ghost descended upon him in the bodily form like a dove. And the voice came from heaven and said, 
This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. I know what is going on in your mind. We have heard this scripture all the time. We have heard many preaching. But give me a chance. Say to your neighbor, give him a chance. Let's just give me a chance, okay? Just give me a chance. So John the Baptist was the baptizer. And he has already announced that there is a man coming who is greater than himself. I'd like you to notice those words. Whose shoes latchet I cannot undo or, or, or fix. He said that. He said that to the people. That man coming is greater than me. Even, even, my polish shoe, my polish shoe. I can't even polish his shoes. I can't. You understand? He's greater than me. But Jesus came to the sink. He said, that's the one I'm talking about. And John the Baptist was wondering who that person should be. And the thing that marvels me, Pastor, he has to go to God to find out who this person is supposed to be. I thought they were cousins. But although they were cousins, Jesus was not found everywhere in family matters. All these family, this, 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 Ahokoko family, Achibanku family, Ayabia family, everywhere family, family. Mukwebu family, Mukwebu family, everywhere family. Everywhere families. Those kind of things. The man Jesus knew there is an assignment on him. He can't be following these kind of things. So actually he grew up and he didn't even know his, his cousin didn't even know him. So God said, you know, for you not to make a mistake, I want to show you something. The one whom the spirit come and descend and remain, he's the one. Because the spirit will come upon many, but they will not remain. The only one that he remains is the one. So it was a sign he was looking for. It was a sign he was looking for. You see, there is one truth about John the Baptist that I'll show you. That man is very integrated. That man is a clever man. That man knows the mind of God. That man is a man who understands divine principles. John the Baptist is not a small man. He's like a father. He understands things more than the children. Somebody was very angry today and called me and said, my children are doing this. I said, ah, for children, they don't do what you instruct. They do what you inspect. No, no, no. What you inspect is what they do. What you instruct, they will do it. <laughs> John the Baptist has such insight that God, he's going to send the man. And the sign that he will know that this is the man is that the spirit will come upon him and the spirit will rest and stay. But Jesus was not yet baptized. And he saw him coming. And he still could recognize that. That man was sensitive. That man was sensitive. But the thing I want to show you here is the fact that when all the people were baptized, Jesus also came to be baptized. And John the Baptist said, I cannot do this. Jesus said, do it. And he was baptized. And the spirit descended like a dove. And the Bible says, a voice also came from heaven. And the voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well please now that statement for me is questionable 
it is seriously questionable because number one at that point jesus has done nothing i want you to look at that. what are you pleased with this man has done nothing men like john the baptist has worked men like elijah men like moses men like abraham all those ones have worked very hard so you can either say i am pleased with them or i'm not pleased with them. but this guy has done nothing he just appeared at baptism there were other candidates he just appeared and you are saying you are pleased with him that is that that is that is something you must investigate you must investigate it because it is not written just to decorate the bible it's not just a black and white printed matter for us to read and add to our knowledge listen we must investigate it why is he saying that this one is my beloved son in whom i well pleased number one he has done nothing he's done nothing and god is pleased with him well that tells me that whatever i do is not what warrants me right before god let me add this it is not the thing i do that pleases god it is not god is not going to be pleased with me because of the things i have done no god is not going to be pleased with me because of the things that i've done i realized that jesus did nothing at up until that point and god was pleased with him you know what you can't impress god my friends no you can't god was pleased with jesus he has done nothing if the things we do are the things that god will look and say i'm pleased with you then god is pleased with michael johnson after all he has many crowd than we do have he has many buildings than we have if you go to accra mall the one who built accra mall or the achimota mall god will be pleased with them because the buildings they have built is bigger than the building we are sitting in the kind of things they have done is bigger than what we are doing in context of physical magnitude and yet god is not pleased with them God is not pleased. You know, God is not pleased with you because of the things you have done. God is not. That is not what God will look at and say, I'm pleased with you. Number one, I'm pleased with him. He's done nothing. So after you, after all, when you serve God in the church, you are serving God, God, God. You serve God, oh, and then one year, nothing happened. Two years, nothing happened. And then you start complaining. They don't even recognize I'm saying, God, my friend, just shut up and sit back. It's not your works. It's not what you're doing. You're good, we must serve the Lord. We must build things. But I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. It's not our works. Where is all boasting? Boasting is nothing. Because whatever you're doing here on earth is not the substance that pleases God. It's not. Number two, if he said this, my beloved son, this one, I'm well pleased. That means he has others he's not pleased with. He has others he's not pleased with. So we have to investigate it. How many people and how many sons does God have? But I am going to try and be a bit historic in the Bible so that you will get my thought. Listen to me. God the Father looked down from heaven and said this son i am pleased with he has not done any act in context of works 
but I can look down from heaven and I say I'm pleased with him. You know what? There are three ways you can have a son. Number one, biologically. Number two, by adoption. Number three, by somebody that perpetuates your ideology or follows you and looks up to you. Like Pastor said, it's a son of our senior pastor. He didn't give birth to him biologically. He hasn't adopted him legally. But he's still his son. Because at the point when Pastor said speaks and preach, we can see Reverend Okuban somewhere between the lines. That is a son. Because he's still perpetuating the ideology. So when Pastor Seth is leading this congregation, this congregation is not going astray because Pastor Seth is going to lead this congregation in the direction of his father. So these are the three ways. And, and, and listen, the first person who stood in that position, his name is Lucifer. The son of the morning. Lucifer was the one that set the pace for everything in heaven. Anything God wants to do, he, he, he's the one who has set the, 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 the pace. And I believe that Lucifer is the minister of arts and entertainment in heaven. The man himself took care of everything with regards to music. And God crowned him with glory and honor. Bright morning star. And Lucifer was the chief of all the angels. He was the one God would give charge to do things. He was the one who is supposed to collect the ideas of God and dispatch it to the angels and the 24 elders. I call Lucifer a revelator. He's a revelator of God. Jesus was also a revelator of God. But Lucifer had so much power, but that power was not under control. So we say pride is power out of control. Humility is power under control. Now watch this. Watch this. Lucifer. The first one we can call the son of God. Lucifer. Oh my God. God said, Lucifer was the first one I commissioned to express myself to the people. But he failed me. I was not pleased with Lucifer. I wasn't pleased with him, so I cast him down. And then Adam was the next I created to represent me to men. Adam also failed me, he failed. But this second Adam and the last Adam, Jesus, whom I've sent for redemption of men, this one, he will not fail me. I am pleased with him. He's done nothing, but I look at him and I'm pleased with him. There are three things that are part of the characteristic of Jesus that warrant him that particular designation by God. Number one, Lucifer wanted to be like God. Adam ate the fruit because he also wanted to be like God. Jesus, according to Philippians 2, was like God, but refused to be like God. This one, I am well pleased. I am pleased with this one. Because although he was God, he refused to be God. But I'm looking at Lucifer. You are not even God. You want to become like God. I cast you down. You, Adam, you ate the fruit because you want to become like God. But my son, this one, is God. Refused to be God. And so I'm pleased with him. So number one, he was humble. Philippians 2 tells us he humbled himself. Humble 
himself. Listen, when he came to, 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 to the world, the Bible says he came unto his own, but his own receiving none. And yet, he did not curse them. Humility. Say humility. So no, humility is one of the characteristics that a life changer possesses. This one, I am well pleased. He was humble. Number two, Jesus was submissive. Submissive. John the Baptist and Jesus, who is more anointed? Jesus. John the Baptist and Jesus, who has a greater mission? Jesus. Who has a higher anointing? Jesus. John the Baptist said himself, the one coming is greater than me. Greater than me. Ladies and gentlemen, but Jesus submitted to somebody he is greater than. I submit for you to baptize me. How many of us today, as a great man, seriously and heavily anointed, have achieved great things, will submit to his subordinate? How many would you see them submitting to some people who are below them? Jesus said, I submit. So all righteousness will be fulfilled. What I'm trying to teach you, Jesus was submissive. And God said, because of that, I am pleased with him. Number three, the Bible says in Philippians 2, he was obedient even unto death. So the third characteristic of Jesus is that he was obedient. He obeyed God and went to the end even unto death. I submit to you that it is not your activities that makes God happy. God is not pleased with you because of activities. He's pleased with you because of your attitude. God was not looking at his activity, what he's about to do, but he was looking at his attitude. He had that attitude. And so the Bible says in Philippians 2, 5, let this same attitude, mind, attitude be in you as it was in Jesus Christ. If you are going to be a life changer, you must come to that place where there is a particular attitude in you. Like Jesus Christ. He was humble. He was submissive. And he was obedient. And God said, I am pleased with him. Somebody understand Sometimes we have a little problem. A little problem. And one of the problems we have is obedient. Obedient. Whenever we are instructed, we have a problem. And we can do things, but we do it the way we think it should be done. When God commissioned Jesus, Jesus obeyed everything to the letter. You know why some of us miss out on our great blessings that God has for us? You know why? Because we are not what? Obedient. I know you are willing. I know you are willing. Many of us, we are willing to do things. But we are not obedient. Isaiah tells us if you are willing and obedient. Sometimes it will be very difficult for you to combine the two. You may think that how can I say I'm willing and how can you say I'm not obedient but the truth is that you can be willing and yet not obedient. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Are we there? And the verse 
Number one. So it was as the multitude pressed about to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. See, Simon's. That's not a coincidence. This is divine orchestration. And asked him to put him out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Arrest my case. Arrest my case. Ah. This scripture reviews a couple of truths. One of them is that God will always give you two instructions. Always. It can be 20, but you can put them in two categories. A seed instruction and a harvest instruction. Listen, many of us think that it's only a seed instruction that God will give to us. But you know what? For your harvest too, he will give you an instruction. Ah, yeah. Seed instruction and then what? Harvest instruction. So when Jesus came, he gave Peter a seed instruction. Push me. Let me use your boat. Push me into it. He obeyed. He was willing and obeyed. And the second instruction was an instruction, harvest instruction. And I want to show you that. Jesus said to him, because you have obeyed the harvest, the seed instruction, I am giving you a harvest instruction. Go into the and launch your net. Launch your net and you have a great catch. Peter said to Jesus, Master, Master, we have toiled all night. We caught nothing. Well, if you say so, we'll do it. It's like, Pastor, we have done this thing. Ah, it's not working. Can't you see? You are still forcing us to do the same thing. We have done this thing. Ah. So we're going to do it, and we do it reluctantly. We just do it, but we do it reluctantly. I am telling you, Peter did the same thing. Oh yeah, Peter did the same thing. Let me show you something in the verse 4, and then I think it will be enough for me to move on. Jesus said, go into the deep and launch what? Your net. And what will happen? You have a great catch. Why was the boat sinking? Why? Was the net breaking? Why was the net breaking? Jesus will never bless us with a blessing that will destroy us. God doesn't bless you and the blessing destroys you. It's not possible. So why was the net breaking? There's a problem here. Think about it. God, you are blessing me and the blessing is destroying me. It's impossible. There is something wrong somewhere. He did not fully obey the harvest instruction. He was told to launch out the nets 
Watch that. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. What does Peter do? Nevertheless, I'll launch the net. So Peter was asked by God to launch out the nets for a great catch. You see it in the writing. He was reluctant and launched a net. Of course, God projected the blessing. God projected the harvest. But Peter reduced himself to one net. That is why the net was breaking. Because the harvest that were coming, one net cannot take it. So when there is a harvest instruction, we must fully obey it, although we don't understand it. But we use our experience to interpret the instruction. And many of the times, we lose the blessings that God is bringing our way because we are not fully obedient to what God has said. Let me hit your head with this. Let me hit your head with this. We said we are coming to church at 6.30. And we come at seven or eight. We have obeyed, but not fully obeyed because we're not here assisted. We have obeyed, but we are not fully obeyed. Are you understand? Importantly, is to understand the one who is speaking to you. And if you have been with him for a while, you will know that every word he speaks doesn't drop to the ground. That is why the man said, Well, never leave it at your word, I'll do it. But did he do it really? I pray that tonight you will have an ear that can hear both seed instruction and a harvest instruction. For many of us here, we are qualified for an harvest. All we need is an instruction that will open up our harvest for us. And I pray your heavens will open tonight. I pray that your heaven will open tonight. And every prophecy that is still flying around your head will settle down in your life. In the name of Jesus. Life Changers Conference is bringing you to a place where you will walk in some harvest your mind cannot even comprehend. In the name of Jesus Christ. And somebody say amen. amen. That is number two. You must have a John the Baptist to introduce you. A John the Baptist is somehow like your father. Father in the Lord. Somebody that is able to give you a platform and introduce you into your word. Number three, witness. Number three, witness. Number three, witness. The verse, number 36. But I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given me to, to finish. The very works that I do bear witness of me. That the father has sent me. So now your works. So you don't just preach the gospel. You work the gospel. Your works must show. Your works. Your fruit. It shows you a life changer. Because when, when you came to church. You came alone. But now your works. You have 10, 20, 15 people. Who are your works? It shows you are truly a life changer. But when you came alone, and in fact you are alone, and you are even driving those that are there away, that work shows you are not sent. Jesus said, listen, even there is a greater witness than that of John the Baptist. My works. Watch my works. You can see fruit. You can see things happening on the ground. You can see that I came as a single person. 
but I've raised a disciple within a short time. You can see that within the scope of a year and a half, I've been able to raise, I've preached to 5,000, I've fed 5,000, I beg your pardon, I've raised the dead, I've cast out devils, I've preached to many, they are converted into the kingdom, Pharisees and Sadducees, you can see my works. You Pharisees and Sadducees, accusers, look at my work. The blind eyes are opening. The cripple is walking. The lame are leaping for joy. The dead are being raised. The, the, the prophets, I beg your pardon, the prostitutes are being healed. Demon possessed are being set free. Houses that are broken are being put together. Families that are scattered are being put together. This is my work and he proved that I am sent. So we are saying that if we are life changers in springs of life, we are not just walking alone. We are not on a solo flight. We are with people. Mm. Great company. Mm. Great company. Great company. Great company are those who publish it. Great company. You see, if you are truly a life changer, we see it by your works. That is why after this conference, you cannot afford to go to church alone. After six years being a born-again believer, you should have about 100 people you can call. These are my works. These are my works. These are my works. I have to show by my works that I'm truly sane. And I'm talking about works that are sustainable. Is somebody following? The works that you produce testifies of you that you are truly born that is why when people look at life like pastor said we can testify that pastor said life is testified that our pastor is truly sent because that is his works his works is testifying about him oh ladies and gentlemen where are your works ask your neighbor where are your works say so you in particular where are your works you must produce some what works I need to see people following you to church. Like Doko Doko K. Webi. I'm in cross bed. Come and cross bed. No, fake mistake. No, what? Buying there one hour. When the duck is crossing the road, don't stop for it. Oh, you see the way his children will make a long line. They will never finish. You know what? Let that be your story. From now to Sunday, make some disciples. Bring them to me. Say, Pastor, these are my works. I'm a life changer. When God comes to reward, he's going to reward your works. For every man's work shall be rewarded. We'll be rewarded according to our works. You are not saved by work, but you are rewarded by works. To your works. The pastor does not grow a church. The members grow the church. Pastor doesn't grow a church. A church doesn't grow because of the pastor. It grows because of the members. Because we all produce the work. That is number three witness. Am I right? Number three. And then number four. He says, ah, My father who has sent me, he himself what? Bear witness of me. That is number four. And I realize I told you four, but we will end on five. 
He says, the father himself bear witness of me. And that is why on the day he was baptized, we just read, he came and bear witness, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And that I have showed you that already, that Jesus comes over there and God says, I'm pleased with him. Why was he pleased with him? Because of his attitude, not because of his works. So there again, if you are producing work, watch your attitude too. Your lifestyle. Your attitude. Your attitude. Your attitude might attract people to church. Your attitude must be the one that builds a kingdom and builds the body. Your attitude must not be the one that drives people away. Attitude. You must have an attitude of humility, submission, and obedient. God will bless you because of that. If you are obedient, God will bless you. The Bible says that if you obey my word, I will bless you. Blessings comes after the, the obedient child. Blessings. The father testifies of me. Number five. Verse 50, verse 39. You search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. Even these are they that testifies of me. In other words, the fifth thing that gives witness within the life changer is the scriptures. The scriptures. When you look at the life changer's life, you are reading the Bible. The life changer's life is like the Bible. Your life has become a written letter. Oh, your life is now a Bible that people can read. When people look at you, they are seeing John 3.16. They are seeing all the scriptures. So he's saying the scriptures are testifying of me. That means if you look at my life and you look into the Bible, there's no difference. You see exactly. My life is an epitome of the scripture. Today, that says the Lord has replaced it is written. That says the Lord has, we, we, are what, we, are, we are very interested in that says the Lord that it is written. But if you watch the life of Jesus, a lot of it is written came out of his mouth. I hardly heard him say that says the Lord. Most of the things he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He would tell them, search the scriptures, you will know. The thing that gives you foundation and validity that you are truly a life changer is the scriptures. Scriptures. You must get the scriptures, my friend. Those days when we got born again in the 70s, we know the Bible like nobody's business. Today, all of us sitting here, many of us here, if I ask you John 3, 16, it will be an indictment on your personality. Oh, or perhaps a revelation of your inability and lack of interest to know scripture. If I call you at random and just, just go into my archives and cluster of scriptures, I know they belong to new creation realities. And ask you one, hopefully, hopefully I will hear a verse. It will be like, pastor, I know the scripture, but I don't know which place it is. And somebody will get up and say, even the Bible that I'm holding, I can't open to the scripture you quoted because it's not my Bible. So I borrow somebody else's Bible. I can't find it. We are living in a generation that do not know how to work the word. 
So the word is not working in their life. And I'm quite serious with you because, listen, we have come to a time that that says the Lord is taking over, it is written. And when you do that, you are creating a generation who will not know God like they should know God. Because the scriptures reveal God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And there is nothing that is made that was made without him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. There is a man sent from God. His name is John. He is not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. And then the Bible says in the verse number 14, it says that, and the word became flesh and tabernacle among us. And we beheld the glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We memorize the whole book of John in my head. We walk around with the book of John in our head. Why? Because the scripture gives us livelihood. Our defense is the word. Our anchor is the word. Some of us decide to anchor our life to the scripture and not that says the Lord. Not that system. God requires that a life changer is grounded in the word. Acts chapter 2 verse 40 down. He says, and they continue in the apostle doctrine. They continue. In other words, they did not stop by being born again. They continue in the apostle's doctrine. The scriptures must be the basis of your life. Scriptures. Scriptures. What is written is written. And we live by the scriptures. I am praying that every one of us here will come to a place that as life changes, the scriptures are seen in our lives. In our community, everybody will look at us. He said, I'm sorry, I don't have a Bible, but I read your life. You know why? Because there is nothing so potent than the silence influence of a good leader. There is nothing so potent in life like the silence influence of a good person. People are using you and people are watching you. You don't know. Heaven will reveal the number of people who were watching you. The number of people who were taking some courage from you and encouragement from your life. You think what you are doing and going about and doing is in vain. God is watching you. People are watching you. If the scriptures are found in your life, one day the scriptures cannot be broken. And if the scriptures are in you, you cannot be broken. Many of us, things break us. Disappointment breaks us. When people disappoint us, we break. But you see, if the word, the scriptures are in you, you would never break. They will try to break you, you will not break. They will mock you, you will not break. They will disappoint you, you will not break. They gossip about you, you don't break. Even when you pray and God doesn't answer, you don't break. You don't. I didn't come to serve you because of things. I came to serve you because of love. The absence of the things. I'm still going. Let's be on our feet. It's 10 o'clock. Five witnesses every life changer must have. Number one, inner witness. Number two, your John the Baptist, your reference. Number three, your works. And number four, the Father. And number five, the scriptures. We are going to pray tonight. Tonight we just pray and go. Tomorrow we are going to shift gears a bit. Tomorrow we we'll shift the gears a little. And I'm telling you, you are going to come tomorrow by fasting and praying. 
You're coming tomorrow by fasting. Tomorrow night, I will anoint you with oil. And I'm going to believe God that tomorrow night will be an encounter night. Somehow I sense there are some people in this place that your breakthrough is overdue. Tomorrow night, anoint you with oil. And believe God for something supernatural to happen to you. Lift up your two hands tonight and pray. Lord, I want to be a life changer. Pray about the characteristics. The witness. Zipa katabi bosha ratu bahata katayata zika payata balabaya ratu kapaya balabaya ripa tu kapaya balabaya ripa katalabaya rata kubaya talabaya ripa tu bahata labaya rika palabaya Rock, <laughs> <laughs>